I'm green. Should be used to this thing by now. Yeah, so what a week. Um, Friday night, having the Vineyard School Carnival here, full of parents and kids and volunteers and games and food, and it was just like, ah, this, this momentum. It's so good to see kind of when behind the scenes becomes present, and you see all these kids, and what really goes on the rest of the week here, it's just amazing, and seeing this house packed out, I just love it. So that's Friday night, and then Saturday, we got to celebrate the life of Sandra, and such an amazing woman, and just hearing the, I was challenged by her life and her uh, servanthood, and her love for, for kids, it's just, and then last night I got to celebrate my dad's 76th birthday <laughs> with my sister and her family in town. It was just, it's been, it's been a packed weekend, among other things in between, but um, I'm, I'm praying that I can unpack this message in a way that you can all jump on board. Um, kind of in the, in the journey we've been on and the journey we're continuing on. Uh, if you've brought your Bibles, if you could open them to Acts chapter 1, verse 7. So Jesus, he's already, he already ministered uh, for three years. I'm, I'm sure his, his, he had a ministry from birth to the age of 30. I'm sure that was very present, how he lived his life among others. Um, but his ministry started when he was baptized and the, and the Holy Spirit came upon him for three years. So he's hanging out with mainly his 12 disciples and teaching the kingdom of God. Um, he was killed, crucified, buried, resurrected, and now this is a time when Jesus is giving his pretty much his, his last words to his disciples and all those that were within earshot. It says this, Acts 1, verse 7, And Jesus said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set, by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. So this is Jesus's last words. And I love that there's so many things that tie in together with even worship. Um, with Greg talking about your last breath. What's it going to look like? Is it going to be fearful or is it going to be faithful, right? And so this was Jesus. It's almost like he's saying, oh, yeah, one more thing. The kingdom of God that I've been preaching over the last three years, if you still didn't get it, this is where it starts, right? Go to Jerusalem. Wait there for the power from on high to fill you. The power 
the promise of the Holy Spirit, or the promise of the Father, which was the Holy Spirit, right? You're just like, don't do anything unless you get that, <laughs> right? Get the power, and then this is what you're going to do. You're going to start in Jerusalem, and then you're going to go to Judea, and you're going to go to Samaria, and then you're going to the ends of the earth. And we see the book of Acts was laid out in that same pattern, probably over a course of 15 years uh, as far as Paul's journeys, his missionary journeys in that vicinity, uh, the first seven years, they, they stayed in Jerusalem. They built their team, right? They poured into each other. And then they went out into the neighboring uh, vicinities and then further out into Asia Minor and all these places. And also, um, the end of Matthew 28, 18, we know this section, 18 through 20, uh, it talks about the Great Commission, and, uh, of course, Kelsey and I and our family, we speak Portuguese. And there's so many words uh, derived from Latin that you can go, oh, I know what that means. <laughs> with a mission. Commission. It means with purpose, right? The great with a mission. And so this is what Jesus is telling again, as actually in Matthew's view, to go out, preach the good news. Oh, yeah, and you're going to have authority. You're going to have power to do this. You're not on your own because you're going to be my witnesses, right? So they hung out with Jesus for three years, but yet he's saying there's more. I got to go. The Holy Spirit's got to come because without him, you're not going to be able to do this. And I just wanted to say, too, um, in Matthew 28, before he gives that great commission, says that they all came to Jesus. They saw Jesus. It said, many worshipped him, and this is his disciples, but some doubted. You go, what? Are you kidding me? They hung out with Jesus for three years. He was dead. He's alive. We're, of course we're going to worship him. But some doubted. And this is the amazing thing about Jesus and how much authority he has, and then he passes on. He didn't say, you guys all hit the checkboxes. All ten of them. You all have faith. You know, you all believe. You've cast out demons. You've done all these things. Now, I'm going to entrust the Holy Spirit with you guys. He didn't hoard over it. He wanted to impart it, right? Oh, and you guys that doubted, you're not going to get it. He didn't say that, right? He did not say that. And so for me, even in my life, and maybe in your life sometimes, we go through times of maybe doubting what God has for us, maybe his plans, his purpose, his vision for our life. And we go, you know what? Jesus, God doesn't like me. He's going to exclude me because sometimes I'm that guy of the ye of little faith. But if he empowered, give authority to his disciples, even when some doubted, what's that mean for us? Right? It's about his grace. It's about his goodness. It's about his mercy. It's never about our works and saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. I've arrived at a level, and now I'm ready. And now I'm ready to go. And so I'm going to ask my wife to come up, and we're going to share a little bit of the journey. Let's see. I'm kind of like symmetric. Okay? Like, I always heard from my dad. Carpentry painting. What you do to one side, you got to do it to the other. You've got a mirror. It's going to be off balance. So, anyway, words of wisdom that we learned. 
Um, yeah, so those were Jesus' final words. And I think they were very important words, right? He didn't say, hey, I want to raise up a wonderful church just right here in Jerusalem. And we're just going to grow it right here. He wanted that power um, to overflow into the rest of the world. And it's amazing that his journeys, although they only took really 15 years, they didn't go that far in that amount of time. And that even 2,000 years later, there's pockets of unreached people who have never heard of Jesus. It might be a diluted, polluted, distorted version of many religions together, but they do not know about the risen Savior and the power that he has and eternal life that he has for us to walk in. Many don't know that. And so this is the journey about how we were invited by somebody that most of you all know to go down and join a team. And uh, so in 1997, my wife and I were married. Uh, within months, we had met Mid Shaw and a team that were having a debriefing. They had just got back from Brazil. We met them in a restaurant. She invited us to go. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'd love to. Kelsey was like, let me pray about this. <laughs> I was like, I already saw the article in the paper. I mean, my heart was just pulled in. I was just like, wait a minute. We're in the jungle on the Amazon going down these rivers, uh, handing out clothing and glasses and, and building churches. I'm like, that's what I do. I mean, there's nothing that says no. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the bugs and the snakes. I'm like, oh, come on, I'll get those too. But um, I think that's where Kelsey was a little bit hesitant. So we went. We loved it. Uh, we didn't have any kids at the time. This was a year later. So we were pretty much, we were still newlyweds. And um, it was just so awesome. And it wasn't just the sights and the sounds that pulled us in and the incredible food. It was the people in their hearts that were so open to the gospel I had worked with p p homeless people and broken people up here, and I tell you, it was like plowing rocks. And I went down there, and I was just like, this soil is so fertile. And the Lord gave me a vision of a huge orchard, just peaches like the size of cantaloupes. And this beautiful vision, and the fruit was ripe, low-hanging, and it was on the ground. I'm just going, and I don't like to waste anything. Like, I'll eat every last bean and every last grain of rice on my plate. So I was like, oh, all this fruit is laying on the ground. It's not just low-hanging. It's laying on the ground. And then when we come back, yeah, um, and it was just like, oh, my gosh, who's going to go? Who's going to go? And the Lord kept putting that in my heart. And I was just like, here I am, Lord. Send me. Send us. And so in 2004 with um, two, with a three-year-old and a newborn, 18 months, toddler, uh, we went down. We said yes to Jesus. We made the journey. And our director had asked us, he said, would you pray about making a more of a long-term commitment? Because we were like, no, let's get our feet wet. We don't like it. We're going to bail out. I was like, kind of fearful of a long commitment. I don't know. Has anybody ever, like a new job or anything or coming onto a ministry, like, Let's just uh, feel out the waters here because I might not like it and I might just come home. <laughs> so he's like, I remember coming home from work. So we're still stateside. And Kelsey goes, honey, Rick just messaged me and said, we need to commit for two years. And I'm like, 
oh, okay, yeah, let's do it. She's like, honey, we need to fast and pray. And I already felt, for me, I was ready, but I'd be going alone at that point. And I was waiting for the Lord to work on my wife's heart. Now, we have two little ones, right? And we weren't ready to stop our family and having more kids with two. And so that meant also being prepared to have kids down there in the jungle. What's that look like in a third world country? So there's all these unknowns. But we said yes to Jesus. And I tell you what, the stories that we could tell, and we're going to tell some. Um, do you want to say anything? Where are we going? Okay. <laughs> I know. At any point, she can cut me off or she can add in, right? We do have a timeline. All right. So after eight years, so we came back in 2015, um, number of things, saving up money. We had a jar, a Brazil jar, neck surgery. I was like, ooh, here it all goes. Maybe not this year. And then another thing, the next year, another key thing came up, and I'm going, oh, my gosh. I kind of promised my people down there that we would come back like in a year and I've been it's been hanging on me like I want to be a man of my word if I say something I want to fulfill it and I didn't want to leave them hanging and anyways um, God knows but this is the year that we're heading back down this is the year so I would just like uh, my family to stand up that's you too, Nate, my son-in-law. And also uh, my other son, Nate, who couldn't be with us this morning. We, we, those four, my son, Nate, my wife and I, are going to head down for the month of June and revisit um, a handful of communities that we lived in, that we um, planted churches in. Um, yeah, we're going to go back. And it's, I know it's going to be incredible. Um, there's also a few things. So we have kept in close relationship with uh, the pastor in the village that we stayed in the last four years. Uh, very remote, very off the grid, uh, out in the middle of no nowhere, at three and a half hours down a dirt road from a rural. The closest is a very rural mill town, like a logging town. And then we go three and a half hours down a dirt road, did 52 wooden bridges half the time. They were washed out, and we had to put boards up there, and Kelsey had to guide me over the bridges, and it's bowing down, and mud pits, four-wheel drive, come along, all that stuff. So for some of you guys, it's like, I do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, staying in people's houses because we're broke down that we don't know. We're like, hey. <laughs> but what was cool is that most of them say, we've heard about you. Come on in. They make dinner, hang your hammocks, live, I mean, we never met them. They're like, come on in. It was like family. And then it was always like, can you do a church service here? Well, of course. <laughs> of course. And so what we might think of an accident or a tragedy or a huge mishap, it's just like, you know what? It's kingdom. Jesus will be glorified even in a very difficult situation. And so that's where it's like sometimes I, I think about, hey, when people say, hey, read this book or read that book or other book, it's just like, that is that person's story? What is our story? What is the book that Jesus is writing through us that other people can read? Like Paul says that we're an open letter for all to read. 
right? And that should be a good thing. Don't have any shame in that, okay? Let Jesus transform you. So we are heading back um, for the month of June. Um, talked about the, the community. It's called Mati Bell. We lived there the last four years. And we were able to raise up a leader there um, that has continued to pastor that church. He's, has, um, he's had problems with his kidneys where they have started to shut down. He's been in the hospital and out and in and out. And we pray for him. And I tell you, they have so much faith, so much faith. And he continues to share the gospel. Um, he is illiterate, as of most of the people that live up on our river. Our river, just for you guys have an idea, is over 800 miles long. So to put that in perspective, that's like from Grants Pass to San Diego. <laughs> that's a long stretch of I-5, right? So this was the area that the Lord had called us to go to, that length of river. There was only one little Catholic chapel up there, and the priest would visit once a year. They'd have a big old, he'd, he'd do his thing, and then they'd have the big hoedown and the... And, yeah, let the party begin. That's what that was like. So that's what the people knew up there. The priest would come up. He's the saint, right? He would bless the community and be like, amen, party time in honor of a saint, which would be just drunkenness and all kinds of crazy stuff. So their idea of church was that. Or prior to us getting there, there was a pastor that had come in pretty much demanded that they tie to him and all their stuff, all their belongings, and left with a 13 and 14, two, two sisters that were minors. So when we first got going up there, they're just like, we don't want anything to do with what you call as a Christian. And so when we went up, um, we got to meet the people, build trust. They actually voted for us to come in in their village. And I tell you what, it still brings tears to my eyes. When it was unanimous, do you want this family to live in this village? They all raised their hands. And I was just like, after all that, what they experienced before? So we were in, and we became uh, community leaders, pastors, some nurse, teachers, construction builder, everything to these people. And it was amazing. So we will be going back down there. Um, like I said, she called. The pastor there had lots of health problems. He has never once asked for money. We would say, because we Skype with him, what do you guys need? He's never talked about that length about his health and, hey, we're really hurting here. We, could, you know, we need groceries. We need all this thing. His main thing that he would say is talking Bibles. We need more Bibles. I can't hand them out fast enough. He's very selective in who they go to. Because it's, it's, it could be just like a new, inner, a, a new gadget for somebody. Oh, cool. You know, the talking Bibles, and I might be repeating myself because uh, I've shared some of these things before when we talk about Brazil, but it's a small little audio Bible. It has a solar panel on the back that charges by the sun, and you get Old Testament, New Testament, and Bible teachings on there for uh, singles, married couples. I mean, really good teachings. And um, I think we have a price on those. 70? They're $70 a piece. But I tell you what, they are so good, especially for um, the illiterate. We're, we're trying to continue to church plant. And so if they can't read, they've got to find somebody that knows how to read the Bible and read it to them 
they're very good story storytellers. So they're really good at uh, remembering stories, recalling them, and then sharing them like word for word. They don't because they don't depend on the on something written. So they're very good listeners. I found that I'm not as good a listener. Uh, they're NIV. That's probably what we're gonna get. Uh, they also have more like a uh, a good news Bible and language of today. It's more like a good news Bible. So NIV even, I know we think that might be the, I won't say dumb version, but maybe not as intelligent for here. That would be way too smart and way too uh, intelligent for maybe their understanding of these river people. So we're going to show a slideshow. It's going to show solar Bibles on there. And then also the other thing is um, a speedboat. So in the past, what we've done, we've taken these big wood boats, diesel motors, and they just crawl up the river really, really slow. You'll see on these um, pictures here, we've got to pull them up by rope or by um, big, I, I can't remember what you'd call them in English, but just like a big staff, and you push them up the rapids and up the rocks, and you got maybe three guys trying to guide it, and uh, diesel motor going, gas motor going. These boats are heavy, and um, we've got hung up several times, and so we actually want to, the pastor down there requested an aluminum hull boat with like a 40 or 60 horse motor on that, and I know that they're going to use it well. I'm not really one to, as a foreigner, uh, be sending a lot of expensive things to like a third world country. I've been on that side and I know you need to find a trustworthy leader because sometimes that money will not go completely where you, where they say it would intend to go. So I'm always in check. But with this man, this community, we're like brothers and I trust him that that's where it's going to go. And so we want to raise uh, money for Talking Bibles, first project, second project, would be for a speedboat to be able to continue to church plant and visit the communities up the river. Like I said, it's uh, over 800 miles. It would take us a month out of the year to do it in a wooden boat. Um, and it was a blast. I mean, I love that kind of stuff. The adventure was crazy. The fishing also was pretty nice. Uh, you've got to eat, right? When I first went down there, I thought, oh, I can't fish. That's like something you do on your day off. They're like, you know, that's what you do. Or are you going to starve? <laughs> so the Lord broke that really quick. Um, yeah. Along with the, the projects that we have and the timing of this trip is pretty incredible. Um, you know, like Clyde said, we tried to go year after year after coming back because we made a promise. And it wasn't working out. It's really expensive <laughs> to fly your whole family. Um, but this year, we were just like, we've got to try and go. And I looked at the calendar or something came up where I was like, oh, my goodness. We had the opportunity to build a physical church down there. And it is the 10th anniversary of that building being built this June. So we're like, okay, this is the seal of the deal. And uh, so we have some photos of the process. And um, that's another reason why we're going is because we want to celebrate with them because they kept the work going. They didn't just stop. They didn't sit back, feel sorry for themselves. Oh, Clyde and Kelsey left. I guess we're done. And let it just kind of 
wither away, they have kept it going. And it's been a huge blessing to be in contact with them and understand that they really did take the baton and they really have been running. So enjoy this video. para eles que eu sou muito feliz deles ter arrumado essas bíblias para nós e assim que eles mandem mais porque tem muita gente que não sabe ler né aí eles vão aprender igual eu aprendi com elas né e eu fico muito ingrato deles ter mandado essa bíblia para nós que eu agradeço de Deus ter botado eles no nosso caminho para eles liberar, assim, arrumar essas bíblias para mandar para nós, que nós não, né? Nós nem sabíamos que existia essa bíblia, né? A gente fica muito grato por isso. Para a Kelsey, né? Para o CRAD. Uhum. Para eles todos lá, né? Para sempre é fiel, Senhor. Das nova vida ao pecado Nos trata com tua misericórdia E nada paga o teu amor Por favor, não Senhor, os fracos ganham teu favor. 
We'll take whatever we can get. We're, we're looking into open up, we're opening up a 5013C because we want just a, a channel to bless these people. Um, like you just saw, if reaching the unreached or those who have never heard was easy, it would have been done. Um, it's not easy. <laughs> Jesus said it would never be easy. He said he would be there with us. And I'm requoting that for my sister who had twins. And that has always stuck with me, even when I'm going through hard times. He just promised he would never leave us, he would never forsake us. And when you're out in the middle of nowhere and we're the only English speaking, <laughs> we're the only missionaries out there, and you look, look up in the sky, when you were down there and you see the moon, you would go, you know what? That moon, I bet my family in the States can look up and see that moon. Or that sun, that's the same sun they look at. Or look at the water flowing in the front, go, that dumps. From the EDD, somebody asked me, how do you pronounce that? Our, our river, it's I-R-I-R-I, like Irie-Irie, man. <laughs> Just so you can remember, right? EDD. If you break it down, so I'm like a language guy now. I-R means to go. And then it's I-R again, to go. And then it's I. So to go, to go I. Anyways, I would see all kinds of stuff like that. Even the name of our mission was the, uh, named after the main river we're on, which is the Xingu, which X-I-N-G-U. So if you've ever seen a sign that says X-I-N-G, crossing, right? Crossing you. We're bringing this to you, right, Jay? So I would see these words, and I'd have to put them in my head to try to remember what they meant. And it was just like, that's easy. I'm bringing Jesus to you. I'm bringing you the cross. I'm crossing you. The EDD, to go, to go I. And so there's a number of things, and not just the Portuguese language. Then you have a number of the Indian languages. This, rock, this river basin also has about seven different Indian indigenous communities, which... Um, one of the ones that we actually kind of lived on that same land, they were discovered in the late 80s, 1980s. Not 1880s, 1980s. And we've also got um, believers from there. And I've, I've got so many stories. We don't have time to talk about all of them. But um, just it's, it's going to be so much fun being down there with them. Um, that is really our extended family. That was our family for years. We would come home every two, three years. And um, we try to hit holidays here, Thanksgiving, Christmases, because Christmas down there in the blazing uh, equator, equator, equatorial, what do you say that? Equatorial, there we go. Equatorial sun just is a little bit different. Um, even if you have Santa Claus there with the, <laughs> with the fake beard on, you're like, <laughs> you're sweating, dude. <laughs> anyway, so we would come back um, to... There's a word called saudade, and if you've been to Brazil, it's like when you're missing somebody, but it's so deep, it almost hurts. It's almost like a grieving that deep, and you can probably, we just had a memorial service yesterday. There is a grieving. There's a time for it, and it's okay, but there's a, when you miss somebody so much, this one Indian tribe we worked with, the Kayapal and Shikring, and they didn't speak 
Portuguese or anything. Very, very native. There was something they would do. The women would shave the, shave the tops of their heads. And if she, they felt some kind of a grieving or mourning, they would take a machete and cut the tops of their heads. Chop, chop, chop. And it would open up. Like, they all have scars, and the blood would come down their face because they were trying to express that deep, deep missing somebody. And I was like, you're crazy. The first time they came up to my window, I was out in this. And this lady raises, this old lady, right? She's like 80-something years old, and she looks about 120. She raises up this big machete. I'm going, going to hit me? She goes put back to herself because I had her, her grandson and, and great kids, grandkids with me because I was taking them back out to this Indian village. And I thought, man, and then you hear about other things that they do. And she's like, you don't have to do that. Let me introduce you to Jesus. He can forgive you of all that stuff. You don't have to carry it. So there's seven, eight, there's probably 10 different Indian tribes down there as well that we were able to minister to. And we don't have the time. I mean, we were down there for 11 years. It was just amazing. Um, one last thought. Tony, can you do me a favor? Put that last picture up. Is it there? Okay, there is a scripture. Um, Paul actually reminds us of it in Romans. But he's taking out of the book of Isaiah, from the prophet Isaiah. He's reiterating his words. Romans 10, 15. Oh, boy. I don't need my glasses. It's that sun down there. Anyway, um, here we go. How then, I'll start with uh, Romans 10, 14. You can turn there, you can just listen. It says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? Or how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. And I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I can be very visual. I thought about it. I thought you think about people all over the world, or all over the world that are maybe missionaries. Could be local, even pastors, ministers, prophets, evangelists, um, apostles, teachers. Maybe you're not even in that ministry but if you are a Christian, we are bearer of good news. We are supposed to shine this light, right? That's, that's, what we're, that's what we're called to do, is reflect Jesus wherever we go. But I thought about it. I thought, man, um, if you're anything like my family, Maddie, she does nails. She does not do toes. As far as painting them, doing manicures. Right, but she does manicures. But not everyone that does manicures likes to do pedicures because feet. You pull those shoes off and those socks, and you're like, oh, my gosh. Can you please clean these things up? Clip them. Uh, you might have some little fungus going. I'm just being a little raw here. You might have some stuff going, and you might like, I don't want to show my feet to anybody. Right? And I think about all over the world, those who have suffered for the gospel, those who have smuggled Bibles in, those who have teared paper pieces of pages out of the Bible to circulate those. 
How many have died because of that? Were martyred, killed? How many had their own kids tortured in front of them until they denied Jesus and they would not? How many? And I think about, when I think about beautiful feet, I mean, we had a missionary. He said, yeah, I was voted the most beautiful feet. I'm thinking, yeah, they look nice. But what does Jesus mean when he says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news? I don't see perfect tanned, beautiful pedicured toes. I don't see that. I see broken, calloused, scarred, broke off toenails, dirty, maybe stinky, maybe a little fungus going on, going through jungles. It's tough not to get something on your feet. And I think Jesus helped me redefine what I think might be beautiful feet. And so I've always had this thought, what's it look like, Lord? What's it look like? So this is actually, and I'm not, (laughs) this is my foot. (laughs) So we were coming down the river, and you might have noticed a familiar face, brown-skinned young man on the boat. Nathan Chavarria, many of you know him. He's not Brazilian. We thought he'd have a hard time getting out of the country because <laughs> he looks like a Brazilian, and they'd keep him. But he went on a trip with us, and he was such a help, leading worship and just his heart for Jesus, his passion. But that was Nathan up there. And we're coming down the river, and there's some spots on the river that you actually have to go backwards with the motor on, like try to go uphill, because it will slam you into a rock wall, especially on a, on a slow boat. Crazy spots. And then there's rocks in the time of the year. Um, that was actually in the summer, so that was in pretty low season. The river level gets lower yet, and it's very hard to nav- navigate, especially with a big woodhull boat. It sits way low in the water. And so it, we're coming down these rapids, and we get hung up on a rock in the middle of the river. And I got my family in there and a handful of Brazilians. And it's listing sideways. And we're almost taken in water. So I was on the back of the boat. And that was kind of my spot. I would fish and I would cook. I was the cook and a, and a fisherman <laughs> right on the back of the boat. So I was there anyway. So I jumped out and I uh, felt this just excruciating pain on my foot, and we were able to get the boat off this rock, and I jumped back in. I was like, oh, what the, what happened? And blood all over the place. Laid my, the bottom of my foot open. And so being back, being the cook, I grabbed this kitchen towel, and I folded it up, and that's the only thing I have. I didn't have a first aid kit. And I tied it in a knot, and I saw those words. I did not say, I'm going to put Jesus on top. And it was the Lord saying, you know what? He's with me. And even though that foot was, had a big gash and blood dripping out of it, those are maybe one of the beautiful feet <laughs> that bring good news. And I didn't want to use this. The last, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I thought, you know, it kind of works. <laughs> And the Lord is speaking to me about that. And I just thought, um, don't worry about how pretty your feet are. 
right? If my Bible was brand new and all crispy and everything, I'd be like, or someone might say, do you read that thing? <laughs> do you even know it? I mean, or is it just another book It's part of your library, you know? Our, our feet and our hands and our mouth and our bodies are weapons of his warfare, right? They're to be used for his glory and his purposes, right? It says that we were bought with a price, the precious blood of Jesus. This is no longer mine. We surrender it to the Lord, our bodies, our souls, our spirits, everything for his glory. And I know this church gets that. Um, so, honestly, I have struggled a little bit stateside. When you're doing stuff like that, um, demonic stuff, healings, often. Crazy stuff, witchcraft, different things going on. And you just go, again, why isn't it happening here at that level? And, and it's hard not to compare. It's, it's hard. I'm just being very honest. And so... But God is moving. God is moving in signs and wonders and power, supernatural uh, deliverance. He's raising up some incredible people here. And I just want to um, say thank you that um, allowed us. Thank you, Pastor Doug, who's not here, and others, Greg's and, and Lewis and, and all the leadership here who has um, allowed us to share this morning and just open this time with you guys. Because... This body really is an extension to the work that is going down there. And I want to pray for us um, that you would consider supporting either the Bible project or the speedboat. It's all going to a very good purpose. <laughs> um, and so we don't have anything set up yet to receive your money or where to put it. But we'll be leaving in June. I would like to try to get that boat before we get down there so it's motored up to our village by the time we get there so we can jump on and say, this is what you guys have done. This is the type of kingdom partnership that we're all about. And the, the dollar sign on that, um, and I'm just going to be honest, anything down there that's really nice or tech, you know, computers, anything like that, it's all really, really expensive. And even a speedboat, that $7,000 figure was kind of for a beat-up hole, maybe a, a motor that's a few years old. It's kind of an entry price, okay? But we can get one for that price. You can't even compare to here. Well, we could get something, you know, I would do that. I would compare all the time. We could get something half that price and twice as good in the States. It's just like bringing it down and everything. That's not going to happen. We're going to buy local down there. And so um, I think a starting figure would be about $7,000. That's what we're trying to raise. And I would love to buy um, at least 50, maybe even 100 of those solar Bibles because it's not just our community. There are regions all over uh, where the local Brazilian pastors are working with the illiterate. It's, you know, that region just to ha happened to be the one that we worked in. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Come on up, man.
Um, just so you guys have some dates, we're leaving June 7th, and we'll be back June 10th, just in time for family camp. Um, <laughs> of July, yes. So June 7th through July 10th. Camp's at the end of the July. Anyways, um, so again, I, I, part of me is like, oh my goodness, people are going to want to give, and we're like, oh, we don't know how to take it. <laughs> so um, get a hold of us. Uh, we will give you our numbers, you know, however, we'll, we'll try to make this work, but time is kind of like, it's going quick and we've got to start acting. So, um, yeah, the brand of the audio Bibles is called mega voice and they actually have a webpage. So you guys can go check it out. You can see what it is. Um, there's several different models, but ours is about 70 to $80. Um, but we're going to still trust God and he knows what he wants to take down there with us. So, Pray with me. Jesus, thank you so much for um, this opportunity. Uh, I just thank you for this body, and I thank you for um, what you're doing down there in Brazil. I thank you that you've used us to be a part of their story. Thank you for using them to be a part of our story. And I just pray right now that we would have a, a divine partnership between the two and building the bridge so that new people uh, who, who do not know how to read can come into the full knowledge of who you are and the power that you have for them to walk in in this life. This life down there for them is much harder. It's much more brutal. It's very raw. And I just ask, Lord, that as we go down, that you would prepare our hearts, prepare um, all the every step of it, including the things that we get to take down there to bless them. So we just lift up this request to you now, Lord, and, and we believe you and we thank you for what you have planned for them. In Jesus' name, bless everyone here today and that they have a wonderful rest of their week. Amen. Yeah. Okay. We'll leave the chairs down. Uh, it's spring break, so... I was going to say, get out there, shine the light, get your feet dirty. <laughs> yeah.